and Luke. We could create a whole world in the mind of the listener simply by using sound effects. Ron Wolfley. Thud, 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 thud. <laughs> Boom, Boom. Luke Lipinski. Huh. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hour number two of the show, live from the Akchin Community Studios on this Wednesday before Thanksgiving. A Wednesday, the only Wednesday, Wolf, that is a Friday. It's one of the first things you ever told me. It happens once a year, man. Every year you can count on it. The Wednesday before Thanksgiving, of course, is a Friday. When is a Wednesday a Friday? It happens once a year in this country. Happy Wednesday, Friday. So when we inevitably go too long in the final segment of the show and I sign off and forget to say Happy Thanksgiving, let me just say it now to everybody, okay? Yes. 11.04 as you're driving around. Uh, we got into this briefly, uh, a little bit yesterday, especially when Zoe was here, but I want to get back into it today. The value going forward this season to Kyler Murray getting back on the field. This is a two-step process. Get back on the field and then getting better. He really hasn't gotten better this year. It's been a disjointed season. I know the guys around him are hurt. I know that the pushback I've gotten on this is, are you really going to put him out there behind a banged-up offensive line? Yeah, he's the quarterback, and he's getting paid $230 million. I'm not going to put him out there with a blown-out ACL or something and say, oh, you got to play because you got paid. But he is not a finished product, and... If he doesn't get better, and I think he will, but if he doesn't get better, the Cardinals have already hit their ceiling. This is Kyle Vandenbosch yesterday on with uh, Bickley and Murata giving a former player's perspective on why Kyler Murray just needs to be out there for his teammates. Look, I don't want this to be a Kyler Murray bas- bashing session, um, it, it, you know, but regardless of the team's situation, he needs to be on the field. He needs to struggle with the rest of the players that are struggling. He needs to play through whatever pain he has, just like every other single player on the team. Um, he doesn't get a pass. And if it's not pretty, if the problem they put on the field is not good. He needs to be a part of that, and he needs to be accountable. Yeah, you know, honestly, I agree with everything that Kyle Vandenbosch just said. There's more, too, but yeah. He he does, but once again, when I think of Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals in their situation right now with six games left, um, and what's great about this, it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive. It could be the same thing. Right now, they have a 6% chance of making it to the postseason. Still 6%. Really high. Which still feels really, really high, okay? But having said that, once again, what would be the perfect situation? Kyler Murray comes back, he plays, and I mean he plays this Sunday against the Chargers. And the Arizona Cardinals run the table. They win six games. That would be perfect. Kyler Murray looks like Kyler Murray, and then suddenly you win games. And you get into the playoffs. But if somebody, and this is the great thing about it, nobody, nobody is going to do this. But if somebody said you had to pick one thing, that the Arizona Cardinals as a team would somehow, some way, find a way to win enough games to actually get into the postseason, or Kyler Murray takes that next step in maturation and becoming a true franchise quarterback and everything that that entails. And Kyler Murray plays well and gets better out on the field, win or lose. 
I'll take the Kyler Murray option getting better, Oof. win or lose, than getting into the postseason somehow, some way, by, by hook or crook without Kyler Murray. The good news is you don't have to make that decision. No, I mean, if Kyler Murray, if you're making the playoffs somehow, Kyler Murray played well. I, I, I can't go that far, but I can definitely go down the path of you're four and seven right now. If you're going to tell me, hey, we got to seven and ten or we got to eight and nine, isn't it great we beat the, the Falcons? But, you know, Kyler, uh, Kyler sat out the rest of the year because we didn't want to risk yeah. it. You know, what's the point? We're not going to make the playoffs. We don't. No, no. <laughs> That's where this could get ugly. Like Kyle Vandenbosch said right there at the start of that clip, he doesn't want this to turn into a Kyler bashing session. I don't think it has to. I don't think this is a Kyler bashing situation at all. I, but it will get ugly. I think inside the locker room, if it's like, well, we're not going to play Kyler this week because we got the bye coming up, and then we're okay. You know, say you lose to the Chargers, are we really going to run him out there? We're not going to make the playoffs. Sure. Yeah, right. if you're yeah. running a team out there, you're running Kyler Murray out there. Well, this first is why of all, you're paying him. First of all, once again, once again, from a player's perspective, tell me I can't do something. Tell me, tell me to my face, you can't do that. Tell me to my face that I can't do something and then watch me try to prove to see, you that so I can't. Isn't that, so see, that's what I'm talking when about. When you hear Kyle Vandenbosch say it would go a long way to the for the, the guys in the locker no room. No doubt about it. We're suffering through this mess of a season if it really keeps going no this direction. Doubt. You get out here and suffer with us. Let's yes. get out of this together. It's not you guys go out there and you play through the bad games. I'll see you in, tra- in training camp. So if you're going to do that once again and Kyler Murray says, heck yeah, I'm going to do that. That's what I'm going to do. And suddenly you're going to run Kyler Murray out there, you're going to run everybody out there if you're running Kyler Murray out there. Yes. You're going to do that. Even if Kyler Murray still got a bit of a tweaky ham, which can linger. It they can. can. I, this is something I don't, don't want to... questioning these hurts exactly. now. It's just at exactly. a certain point, he's got to get back out there. But but I, I, there's a lot of people out there don't think that he's hurt. There's a lot of people out there, and you know it, the Twitter verse. there's a lot of people out there don't think Kyler Murray's hurt, and you're full of it. But there's also the people out there that are like, well, if they're not going to make the playoffs, why why would you put him through that? Why would you risk oh, injury? Oh, no, like, no, okay. you're going to run him yeah. out there. You better well, believe it. The one thing that I do want to bring up is... I don't know, Wolf, if you saw the pregame on TV on Monday Night Countdown, but they showed a clip of Kyler literally on the field looking like he was running and looking like he was pretty healthy. So yesterday, Cliff Kingsbury was asked about it. Yeah, he's getting there. You know, I think, like I said, I don't think it's 100%, and that's where we want him to be, where he wasn't thinking about it and was hesitating to get out of the pocket and do what he does. And um, so I'm hopeful that this next week he can do it. And um, we want to get him out there and and, uh, see if we can you know play better see like anybody that has had a pulled hamstring understands and knows um just actually running straightforward many times um not an issue now kyler murray wasn't dead sprint i saw the tape he wasn't dead sprinting when he was doing it but they can't wait till he's 100 percent, right well, yeah, hundred okay, percent. He won't play again until next no, year. No, no, no. Of course, um, yeah. But once again, I, I'm talking about him moving around a pocket, yeah, Luke, no, and exploding. Different. Yeah, it's completely different than running in a straight line and not even sprinting. When you have four offensive linemen out. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, that's but, part of this, too. Yeah, but w- once again, listen, um, Kyler Murray needs to be out there. He needs to be out there. Win or lose, he needs to be out there and getting better. My point is this. I truly believe this. 
Kyler Murray has got to take that next step. And this is what Steve Young was talking about. And we talked about this a little bit yesterday. I want to get into it in a little bit more detail the next time we talk about this. But Kyler Murray has got to understand his responsibility in getting better. And yeah, playing games. Because that's what a pro does. Now, he's not 100%. And that's the reason why he's not out there. He's not even probably 90% at this point. And that's the reason why he's not out there. But he needs to play and go through the misery just like his teammates. Well, and I think that's probably what Kyle is saying and certainly what I'm saying of, I just don't want it to get to a point where, okay, they lose to the Chargers, they're coming back. Yeah, Kyler could play if it were a playoff game, but we're just going to shut him down and get him ready for next year. Like, this isn't the NBA. No he way. He needs to be out there. No way. Uh, come celebrate the biggest FIFA watch party in town with Estrella Jalisco and special guest Gerardo Torado as the Mexican national team takes on Argentina in front of big screens with live music and giveaways November 26th at Sportsman Park. Text soccer to 620-624. Complete details coming up next. You want to see Kelly uh, Kenny Dillingham as ASU's next head coach? That might happen. Plus, Wolf's going to tell his Thanksgiving story. You don't want to miss that. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Welcome back to the show on this Wednesday morning as we head into Thanksgiving, Wolf. And Wolf, I know Thanksgiving is your, is it fair to say it's your favorite holiday? You you love Thanksgiving more than pretty much anybody I know. Yeah, for the most part. I just think it's really, really cool. The grateful heart, of course, for all the blessings you have received from God. And the fact that family and friends are surrounding you. Um, I think it's, it's beautiful, man. There's no doubt about that that it's a beautiful beautiful thing i think we all can relate to that and because of that what do you say in honor of that we roll that beautiful open that's right ladies and gentlemen it is a beat gather around the transistor and press the ear as potential spam hits my phone the year was 1985. I was a rookie, of course, playing for the St. Louis Cardinals. A week before Thanksgiving, the equipment man, Skinhead, of course, that was his name, posted an announcement on the bulletin board that Kroger's supermarket was offering a free turkey to all Cardinal players, man. All you had to do was take an order form and turn it into the trainers. That's all you had to do right there. Man, I thought to myself, basically, audience this is the national football league they give you turkeys in the nfl you got to pick the weights of the turkey you got to do that of course on the order form and they gave you a free turkey (laughs) how incredible was that right there you got to pick the weight i want a big turkey don't be giving me no eight pound turkey we want a big one so I grabbed the order form like every other guy, or so it seemed, and filled my order out, handing it into the trainers. All of that was done, and all was well. We were going to have a great Thanksgiving day at the Wolfley Compound, my friends. So the day before Thanksgiving, I went to pick up my turkey at Kroger's on the order form and walked in with a smile, of course. I asked where the butchers were and made my way to the back, getting help from a baker pointing to where the butcher was. I walked back to the butcher boldly, so content and so confident. 
And as I walked up, the man in the white coat and cap said, can I help you, sir? And I said, yeah, as a matter of fact, my name is Ron Wolfley. I'm here with the St. Louis Cardinals, of course, and I'm here to pick up my turkey. (laughs) The man's brow furrowed immediately, and he looked at me with a confused look, and he said, who are you? And I said, I'm Ron Wolfley. I play fullback for the St. Louis Cardinals. Do you know the football Cardinals? And I'm here for my turkey. I ordered it. The trainers told me to pick it up today before practice. The guy looked at me like I had no idea what I was talking about. He said, I'm sorry, sir, but I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) I was stunned. I didn't know what to say. I said, is this a joke? I ordered my turkey. It it was on the bulletin board in our locker room. The the traders knew all about it. What, What happened? I I went into work that day, of course, after not getting my turkey, and went to the team meeting. And we started with a team meeting every morning, and I walked into that meeting. I sat down in the back of the room, determined to get answers on what happened. And suddenly, Joe Bostic, who played left guard for the St. Louis Cardinals, Joe Bostic, a guy that had been in the league 11 years, he stood up and said, before we start our meeting... Coach, um, we have a few announcements to make. Where's Freddie Joe Nunn? Freddie Joe, stand up. Freddie Joe Nunn was the first round pick that year. Freddie Joe Nunn stood up and he said, um, Hey, Freddie, did you get your turkey over at Kroger's? Freddie said no. And Joe Bostic looked at him, put his hand, his right hand underneath his chin, and went, And then every veteran in the entire meeting room stood up and did the same thing. (laughs) So then it went to Scott Bergold. Where's Scott Bergold? He's the second round pick. Freddie Joe Nunn was the first round pick. Then it was the second round pick. And then the third. And then where's Wolf Lee? Where's Wolf? As the fourth round pick, of course, 104 overall. Did you get your turkey, Wolf? No, I didn't. The year was 1985, (laughs) and I had uh, just been treated like a rookie in the National Football League on Turkey Day. Did you ever get any turkey? Never got. I had to go buy a turkey. Yeah, but, you I mean, can you imagine. At least went back and yeah, to the went same back. Store. But man, I'll never forget that. You walked in, you felt so good. <laughs> this is the NFL. This is the way that it happens. You, I filled out a seventeen-pound turkey, man. That's what I was going to get. Seventeen-pound turkey, and I. This is great. And then the guy in the back going, what are you doing? You know what they did in other years previous to that? They actually filmed guys doing it. They filmed guys doing it. And uh, there was one guy the year that they did it. They didn't film it the year that they did it to me in 1985. But the 10th round pick was Rob Monaco. Rob Monaco was a center from Vanderbilt. He actually was so upset, he took the display turkey off. He took it off the counter and walked out with it, saying, I'm going to get my turkey. Now, it was, you know, wow. nobody this stopped is... him because they knew who it was and yeah. what it was all about. Just have the turkey. So the St. Louis Cardinals, of course, paid for that turkey. Well, yeah, but still, that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, here we are, Wolf. 
This is the other thing that comes with it being one day before Thanksgiving. It means we are two days ahead of the Territorial Cup, two teams that aren't going to a bowl game. Uh, in fact, U of A's had a better season, although you can throw you can throw the records out when um, when it's the Territorial Cup, and you can also throw the records out when the two teams have a combined seven wins, and it's the end of November. Kenny Dillingham, though, his name has... This is not the first time it has been brought up. Yeah. But uh, but now maybe there's a little more to it. There are reports out there. Okay, you know, Kenny Dillingham has spoken to ASU. He's got a lot of local ties. He is running the show for Oregon's offense right now, and Oregon's offense is number four in the nation behind only Tennessee, Ohio State, and USC in terms of points per game. <laughs> that's something to keep an eye on as, yeah. as ASU looks for a head coach, which and, really, that starts after Friday, doesn't it? Yeah, and I think you're talking about a guy that's also 32 years old. Is that what it is right I there? I mean, you want to talk so. about young and up and coming right now. It's it's amazing. And Kenny Dillingham, um, I'd love it if, in fact, I think it'd be a great hire if, in fact, he got the opportunity to be the next head coach for ASU. But um, I, I want ASU to hire him uh, for all the very reasons why I think he'll be hired away <laughs> once he actually gets here and improves the program. Yeah. He's, he's up and coming, man. He's he, young and he's up and coming. He is. And, and for me, I think the next hire for ASU has got to be somebody that ideally you're going for. Okay, we, we hired this guy. And and he's here. And in the age of the NIL, which ASU has not totally figured out yet, and they're not the only school, but they have not figured it out yet. We, combined with the transfer portal, like you and I have talked about a ton, I think your biggest selling point as, as a program that doesn't have a tradition of winning like Alabama, like winning national championships and doesn't have all the money right now is you want players that come here to play for your coach. And when they get offers, if they have a good year from other schools, which is still so weird in college football, it shouldn't be that way. They don't want to leave because they want to play for the coach they came here for. So I think it's huge that ASU hires a coach that's going to be here ideally for 10 years. Now, what you're saying could happen, but I don't think you can be afraid of that. I think you have to hire a guy that... Yes. And also, he has ties here. He has ties to ASU and Phoenix, strong ties. So maybe he wouldn't necessarily want to leave if he did well here. Yeah, no, you're right about that. Um, Yes, this is the way that it's going to go. You can't be afraid to hire a young guy, a young up-and-coming guy like Kenny Dillingham, because you know that he's going to be targeted by top 10 schools. Hopefully that happens. Hopefully that does happen right there. And yet at the same time, uh, I do believe... To some degree, that's why Herm got a job. I think it was one of the reasons why, because they knew they were hiring somebody who wasn't going to go somewhere, thought thought that he was going to change the program. And um, we can sit here and talk about, did he do that or not? Yeah, he changed the program. (laughs) All right, no doubt. But at the same time, I think his age was actually something that attracted um, Ray Anderson and Michael Crow. I don't know that you can do it based on that this time around. If you want to tell me Bill Belichick's available and he wants to coach ASU for some strange reason, that's fine. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to not hire <laughs> right. a guy because he's older. You're ready to hire Bill? <laughs> yeah, I'll take Bill. I'm not going to not hire a guy because he's older, but I'm yeah. certainly not going to hire a guy just because he's older. If that's what happened last time, uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty right now. When we come back. This is our last show before the Cardinals play the Chargers. Who or what will be the key in that? game. Fulcrum football is next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona's sports. 
It's part of the NFL. It's not easy. It's not easy to win in the NFL. Everybody want to win. Who or what is the tipping point? And that's going to be key to our success. This is Fulcrum Football with Wolf and Lou. That's uh, Fulcrum Football on a Wednesday, traditionally played on a Friday. Everybody knows that. But uh, there's no show tomorrow. It's Thanksgiving. <laughs> Friday. When is a Wednesday? Friday. I've been told that's actually today. Once uh, a year, my brothers. It's also a strange week because the Cardinals played on Monday night. But uh, they do have a game coming up on Sunday against the Chargers. And so we're going to play around the Fulcrum Football right now. These are the players. We're just going to go back and forth drafting the players we think will have the biggest impact on Sunday. It's not the best players necessarily. It's who's going to Swing the game, better or worse, for either team. Coin flip. Oh, look, I win. <laughs> okay. All right, Luke, you go first. Well, I'm going to go, not just based on what he said this week, but uh, but how he plays in general. And where this team is right now, you need leaders. I will take Buda Baker. Because it's all part of the plan. Yeah, I don't think I have to explain my my Buda Baker logic, but uh, just remember he did. He's the guy after the game on Monday when they asked him if he thinks everybody played to the end of the game. He flat out said no, and you know Buddha's going to lead by example. But I will even go so far as to say his impact on this game is uh, is hinging on what he says to certain guys in the locker room this week too. Okay, um, I think you're going to see a bit of a theme here with my fulcrum football players. And, of course, that's the way it typically goes. Okay, my first fulcrum football player is J.J. Watt. Yeah, J.J. Watt, ladies and gentlemen, because right now the Chargers are very, very good at protecting Justin Herbert. That's what they do. And Justin Herbert, as we all know, is an excellent football player. The Chargers offense, number six in passing yards per game and number 20 in passing yards per play. They engage a little bit in some dink and dunk. But they're throwing the ball an awful lot of the time, and why wouldn't you? Herbert protects the ball because they protect him. Sacks per attempt, number three in the National Football League in sacks per attempt allowed. They do an excellent job protecting their quarterback, and because of that, Herbert does not throw you the ball. Their interception rate is number five. They've got to protect Justin Herbert, and J.J. Watt can break that down from the inside. J.J. Watt, my first Fulcrum football player. All right, I like the J.J. Watt pick. He's been playing well lately also, and that's another guy who falls into that category of leadership on this team, making sure everybody is still locked in, even though the playoffs are not even worth talking about right now. Uh, Let's see, my second pick, Wolf, I will stick with the Cardinals, but I will go offense, and I'll go with one of the few guys I know is actually playing. I'll go with James Conner. James Conner, who is one of, I guess they have Corey Clement too, but uh, he's one of a dwindling group of running backs that position we don't even really know who's coaching that position right now so James Conner in addition to everything else he's doing has all that uh, responsibility as well but everything you just said about Justin Herbert I don't really want to keep the Chargers offense on the field very much so running the ball getting in close when you are uh, in the red zone making sure you get seven points instead of three that all adds up to James Conner having to step up Okay, my second fulcrum football player has got to be Lasita Smith. 
Yeah, the Arizona Cardinals have got to run the ball, and the reason why they've got to run the ball is because the Chargers have a very hard time stopping you from running the ball. Number 30 in rushing yards per game allowed and number 32 in rushing yards per play allowed. People line up, they attack the line of scrimmage, and they run the ball on the Chargers. As a matter of fact, that's one of the reasons why the Chargers are a 500 team at this point in time because of how well offensive have, have been able to run the ball against the Chargers. Lasita Smith is going to have to step up and win the line of scrimmage, and that's my second fulcrum football player. Alright, I'm torn with who to go with here. Looking at two players on the Chargers defense, I'm going to go with Khalil Mack. Dum, 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 dum. <laughs> That's South Park. Uh, Khalil Mack, simply because we don't even know who's playing quarterback for the Cardinals right now, Wolf. We don't know who's playing. Is Hollywood Brown playing? Is, is Rondale Moore playing? There are so many questions on offense. But the one thing I know for sure, I don't want Khalil Mack anywhere near whoever's playing quarterback for the Cardinals, whether it is an injured or banged up Kyler Murray, or whether it's Colt McCoy, who can move, but not like Kyler Murray. Khalil Mack is not, he might not be the guy he was two or three years ago where he was like one of the scariest defenders defensive players in the yeah. NFL, but he's still got seven sacks. He's still right at the heart of San Diego, or LA's defense. Well, wow. still calling him San Diego. <laughs> That's all right, so do I. <laughs> the Chargers defense. Okay, um, and not bad, Luke. Um, not good, but not bad. J.J. <laughs> uh, Watt spot. was my first Fulcrum football player. Lasita Smith, my second Fulcrum football player. Zach Allen's going to be my third Fulcrum. <laughs> Yeah, Zach Allen. Why would I say that? Well, he's on the line of scrimmage once again. Are you seeing a trend? There is a trend here. The Cardinals coming off a game in which the line of scrimmage was dominated by their opponent offensively and defensively. Now, all of a sudden, they have a chance to win the line of scrimmage against the Chargers, who struggle controlling the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. The Chargers, 30th in rushing yards per game and 30th in rushing yards per play. Yet they have an excellent running back, in my opinion, in Austin Eckler. And if you let Austin Eckler get going and suddenly Justin Herbert is in a balanced offense, abandon all hope ye who enter here. Suddenly it turns into Dante's Inferno. Zach Allen is going to have to get off blocks at the point of attack and make plays and get pressure on Herbert. Zach Allen is my third Fulcrum football player. All right, my final pick, Fulcrum football. This is a guy I usually take first overall. He's still out there. If you look at the Cardinals receivers that we know are don't have a questionable tag or an IR or an out next to him, Wolf, it's A.J. Green who is not that involved in the offense lately. He may have to be this week. It's Robbie Anderson who has a grand total of negative four yards as a member of the Cardinals. And it's DeAndre Hopkins who, whoever the quarterback is, they can get the ball to DeAndre Hopkins. So I'll go with him. Over and 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 over again. Love you, Sean. That is awesome, man, right there. Um, okay, my fourth fulcrum football player, quickly, Billy Price. I like big butts and I cannot lie. That's not why. That's three That's weeks not in a row why. you've taken I'm Billy Price. I'm just saying, Billy Price, man. Line of scrimmage. The Cardinals 
can possibly control the line of scrimmage if they get good play from guys who play on the line of scrimmage. He's my fourth and final Falcon football We should just start next week and we'll never remember this. You have Billy Price and I have DeAndre Hopkins because we we take those two players every week and it's always in a different slot. All right, that was Fulcrum Football Week 12 edition. When we come back, death taxes and drama when the Lakers come to town. We'll get into the Suns-Chippy matchup last night with L.A. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Phoenix Suns get a nice win over the Lakers last night. That is eight straight. It's 11 straight if you count the preseason. I was talking to Vince about this this morning. When do you ever count the preseason? Well, Wolf, you count it when it's over the Lakers. That's when you count yeah, it. So it's technically right. 11 straight over the uh, over the Lakers. But eight straight, including some playoff games and, uh, and regular season last night. And the game had theatrics at the end. We will talk about Patrick Beverly, but I want to play some of this DeAndre Ayton audio because if you missed it, and it was, you know, I guess somewhat of a late start. Uh, so around <laughs> 10 o'clock, if you, know, if, you, if you went to bed, you missed it. Okay, Suns are up. Uh, Devin Booker with the block on Austin Reeves ultimately got called for a flagrant when they went back and reviewed everything, which took a while. Booker's kind of staring at him. Reeves is on the ground. D.A. comes over. D.A. had just kind of gotten into it with A.D., with Anthony Davis. They had yeah. kind of been staring at each other. And so he had the ball, and he was just kind of looking down at Austin Reeves, and Patrick Beverly just sprints across the court. I think when Patrick Beverly sees a Suns player with his back turned to him, he just sprints. Oh, He's like, i got to hit this guy in the my. back. And he did. And D.A. went down over Austin Reeves, and then obviously things got a little bit ugly. This is uh, DeAndre Ayton after the game. His reaction to Patrick Beverly. I don't care. I, I really don't care. I play hard, man. Um, I let the refs, let the officials take it, man. Uh, I let the officials handle that. I did I did uh, kick my leg up too high, though. That's about it. The leg up too high there. You mean when you other than that, man, it was a fun game. I loved it. Um, that's, that's, that's just good blood flow, good Thanksgiving uh, appetizer, man. That's about it. Good appetizer. I love it. I love physicality. I love playing hard. I love playing basketball and whatever comes with basketball. Other than that, I go home to my son and go to sleep. You know what I'm saying? Get ready. I got some chicken and turkey. marinating right now. Marinating my meat. So I got to get back to that right now. You know what I'm saying? Put that in the oven for tomorrow. That's what turn at the end. Please. <laughs> this is, I mean, this is it. This is the reason why DA is like he is, Mason no, Ernie's Make no mistake about it. This is exactly who he is. I, you know, would I have wanted DA to get off the ground and boom, in a heartbeat, fronted up and had to have been restrained by five of his teammates because he he was so incensed and outraged that he was dive bombed on the you know <laughs> now I'm yes. thinking is, is he worst case he would have gotten up and looked at Patrick Beverly and been like you don't get any of this chicken I've been marinating for 24 hours <laughs> you jerk he just right there he just told us exactly <laughs> why DA is the way that he is and that's who he's he is never, he's never gonna be that guy that I want him to be and he doesn't have to be the guy that I want him to be to go out and grab 15 boards and score 14 points. 
He doesn't have to be that guy. He's never going to be that guy. And that cut right there tells you why. And it's okay. Everyone's different, Luke. Everyone is made different inside. Everyone thinks differently. Everyone has a different soul. They have a different heart. Everyone is different. So is DA. And he's never going to be the guy that I want him to be on the court because of that right there. Yeah, see, that- And the Suns have to come to that understanding, and they probably already have well before I said what I said. Well, and that's I like Da. I like I like that. I like his personality. I like that he's unique. I love I, but, you know, I can understand how as a teammate you'd be like, you know, <laughs> maybe give us a little bit more sometimes. But for me, he's got four double doubles in his last five games. And and like I said at the start of the season, the last few years, it, it's always been well. You can't look at Da's numbers. He can roll out of bed and get a double double. He's got to be more and more and more. And I just kind of came to terms with the fact that he's not going to be that guy you're talking about. Yes. Just give me the Da we've seen. And give me those those stretches where he he does play really well, like he did in the playoffs two years ago. This season, he wasn't getting the double doubles until recently. That's when I was starting to get nervous when he was only getting seven rebounds a game. He seems to be picking it back up again. So I, I feel good about Da again. Rage meter. Ron Wolfley measures Aiton's anger. Okay, gather around the transistor and press the ear. I will give DeAndre Ayton a 5.2 on the rage meter. 5.2. Out of 10 or 100? Out of 10, okay. of course. Are Thank you kidding sure. me? Oh, yeah. Well, he didn't seem very angry. He could have been 5.2 on a 10-point scale, ladies and gentlemen. And it, it is what it is, man. And I've come to that conclusion. And last night is where I, I finally had to say he's never going to turn into that aggressive physical guy that I want him to be. It's just not going to happen. So I think the Suns already know and feel the same thing. And I wonder if that makes them want to move him or not. We, you know, we've been talking about this obviously off and on throughout the season, and you and I were talking about it, and it might have even been off the air. But it was, you know, at, at a certain point for me when I came to this, this, you know, you got to come to peace with with Da being what he is, like yes. it or not. Um, because if you look at all the different scenarios that have been thrown at him over the last couple of years, hey, you're in the NBA Finals, hey, you're in a contract year, hey, your team's not giving you the max extension, hey, your son was born, all, all these different ways where it's like if you're looking for a guy to change, these things may have changed him. Last night when he got shoved in the back, I was like, they, it's like the league is throwing everything at him to see if they're going to get Da angry. Uh, here's more from Da after the game. He said, okay. He doesn't want to get thrown out for one pretty specific reason. They're not going to get injured. Me, it's like I got I got Monty Williams to answer to at the end of the day. I, ain't, I don't want to be disappointed in me for doing that nonsense like that. Because at the end, we got to come back here and be like, dang, it really wasn't worth it. You know, I can't be out there with you guys because I'm, you know, I'm in trouble right now. But at the same time, man, I have a teammates that really got your back and they really rush over there and say, hey, now, relax. <laughs> boom, you done got pushed, you done got the call, boom, let's go. Walk. I walk straight to the bench. I just start walking. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, just watch over here. I was by myself. I said, y'all trailing me? I'm like, okay, let's go. But yeah, that's 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 the team. That's the team. That's a lot of things, you know, uh, people don't see from the television point of view. You know what I'm saying? A team. Here, here's here's the thing that, um, once again, for the record, I love DA. 
and I respect him. He he's an excellent bas- basketball player, but he's never going to be that physical, aggressive guy that I want him to be. It's not even close. And just listening to him once, he's just not built that way. He isn't at all. I wrote in my notes. I literally said, "Okay, he just got blindsided, cheap shotted on the court." Down to the ground, just absolutely waylaid by Pat Beth. Immediate ejection on that. He wasn't shoved in the back. He was jammed in the back with a block in the back. Knocked to the ground. It should have been 15 yards in the football game. It would have been totally in a football game. Personal foul, and that would have been a brawl, guaranteed, that would have broke out. Um, I said in my notes, I literally said, okay, here it is. How's he going to respond? Nothing. He walked right to the bench. He told you. Nothing. And that, in a nutshell, is DeAndre Ayton. And I think the Suns have to come to that conclusion. And again, I think they have. If that's good enough, that's good enough. If not, January 15th, I think we'll see him moved. So here's if they the- thought he was going to change, he's not. Here's the the variables just with last night's situation specifically. I I, I do think probably a coach, I, I would assume Monty Williams, doesn't want D.A. getting thrown out of that game. Yeah. So I guess the variables are D.A., and he said it right there, okay, got blindsided, and my teammates had my back. What happens if that if that is Booker getting shoved in the back? Does he then have D.A.'s back? Or does he have Devin Booker's back? Because, like, I get the logic behind, okay, this is a close game. If I get tossed, that's kind of what Patrick Beverly wants. But at the same time, you don't want to be somebody, because we saw Draymond Green pull some stuff with him the first meeting, too. Like, you don't want guys coming in thinking they can push DA around. And so, if DA is going to make the smart move last night, and I think a lot of people would say it was the smart move, if Devin Booker gets shoved in the back, does DA then have his back? Yeah. Or is he just staying away from it always? Yeah. That's the key, because you know Devin Booker is going to have your back. Yeah. Um, you know what, honestly, when, when, you hear some of these guys that are analysts, guys that have played in the league, when they watch DA, it's going to be really interesting to hear because you know this is going to be something that's going to be uh, coming out today, of course, the footage from last night. There'll be a lot of NBA guys that I think will have no idea how DeAndre Ayton was not physically restrained in that, <laughs> from that, and walked to the bench. Um, there's a lot of guys that will not understand that, I'm sure. Um, I think the Suns and the Suns players, they know who D.A. is, obviously. Know what he's all about. As long as he goes out there and he plays where you're, you're getting 14 and 15, you take that all night long. He was better in the second half. The first half last night. First half, he was yeah. just absolutely asleep. Yeah, but second half, he woke up prior to that. And and, and I was only half joking before. If, if Jay Crowder was on the team right now, if they had called him up, let's say let's say yesterday afternoon they called Jay, okay, let's fix it. You should come out here and play, okay? And you're playing against the, the Lakers. You can salsa dance, whatever you want to do. He would have been thrown out by the, yeah, <laughs> the end of the game last night anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, different guys obviously wired different ways. Uh, coming up next, we're going to take you through the top stories of the day with Wolf and Down here lunch. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.